and welcome to a Sunny Days episode of We Only Look Thin. <laughs> I am your host, Katherine Weigel, and I've lost a bunch of weight. And with me today is my husband, Donald Weigel, who has also lost a bunch of weight. A bunch to, of weight. To be more vague about it, I've <laughs> lost about 100 pounds. It's funny. Our daughter had to do something for English, and the only adjective she used in one of her papers was cool. Like, I don't know, thought it was yeah. cool. It was cool looking. It was cool to see yeah and so it was cool to do a project on that cool thing it was very cool and so i was like how about you use another adjective so i'm just saying a bunch that's my new i'm just trying out bunch to see how that feels yeah i'm workshopping it so it's great it's like uh it's like bananas yeah yeah Yeah, exactly can go many ways but uh but hi there and hello and speaking of sunny days, we are going to take you on a trip down memory lane or mem- memory Sesame Street in this delightful episode of We Only Look Thin. First, a warning for our younger oh. listeners. There may be a monster at the end of this podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Um, no, not really. Um, but we- <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> I thought um, the spoiler was that we were going to be talking about Yes, the inspiration for this podcast is the children's book. Uh, I actually don't know how old it is, but uh, it's as old, old as me. I'll yeah. tell you that much. Uh, called "There Is a Monster at the End of This Book." Beloved, yes. beloved book. And the the book stars Grover from Sesame Street. Yep. And it starts out with you know you open the book and Grover's like, wait a minute, what did that title page say? Did it say there was a monster at the end of this book? I am super scared of monsters. <laughs> And through page after page, it is a page turner because you literally have to turn the pages to see what's going on. Yeah. It implores you to stop turning the pages yeah, because Grover's there like, is a Look, monster. There's a monster at the end of the book. Quit turning the pages. What is wrong with you? You know that what's going to happen. And, like, stop turning pages. And he, he tries to nail pages shut. He tries to tape them shut. He does everything in his he power. He builds like a brick wall, I think, at one point to stop you from turning pages. We all emotionally build brick walls, don't we, Donald? Oh, what? man. You just dropped that on oh. me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> he does actually build a brick wall at one point. Uh, but anyway, he implores, he implores, he implores. Spoiler alert for the kids out there. At the end of the book, the monster ends up being Grover, Grover himself. What? If any of you are fans of sci-fi in any sense, you have realized by now that the real monsters are always us. It's irony. Always ourselves. So Grover teaches us in this that we are the monsters ourselves. But do do we only read that book once, Donald? No, we read it over no. and over again. No, because we, we, we read it to our daughter probably 78 times like when she was little. And we talked about recording this episode and she started talking about it again and then wondered where our copy was. Yeah. But we like drama. We like anticipation. We like build up. We like fear. We like building up that story for ourselves. And we think that when we leave childhood behind, yeah, that the, the monsters are gone. But it turns out... The monsters are looking back at us in our own mirrors. Oh, uh, no. Um, but yeah, so uh, that is the loosely built uh, episode title, and it's our story that we're sticking with for this podcast. And as always, we are using childhood references to talk about our grown-up problems. So this episode is no different. But uh, but we're spending time on Sesame Street today to talk about uh, the monsters at the end of our 
books. So let's do it. Okay, let's do it. COVID. There, I said it. Co- there is COVID at the end of this book. <laughs> Whoa. Um, we're assuming that as we're recording this, COVID is still happening. We're in a, we're in a season of COVID. And that can feel like a, a virtual monster uh, yeah. by the things that we read on the interwebs, by the press conferences we listen to, by the uh, panic that all of this pandemic is bringing upon us. Yeah, by its very nature, it it causes a lot of uh, doubt and fear of the future to creep in. And, you know, there's the famous quote, the only thing that we really have to fear is fear itself. And I think that a lot of that is very true. Um, Are we the first podcast in the world to connect Winston Churchill and Grover? Yeah, <laughs> I maybe, think we might maybe. be. But we fear the unknown, and so much of our lives we base on predictability and what we can expect from our jobs and from our days. And in these times, many of us are displaced from our normal habits. We're not going into the office. We might have lost a job. Our kids aren't going to school. We're not connecting with people on a day-to-day basis like we did before. We're not just running into the grocery store to get something. We're having to plan ahead. And it can be very stressful. And for those of us who rely on predictability, this time in itself is unpredictable. And it's like we're, you know, day after day reading There's a Monster at the end of this book. And we're the monsters. We're the ones uh, exposing ourselves to negative media, to worry. And we cope with all of that by eating food. Oh, eating food. <laughs> she pointed at me and I went totally blank. What are how are you coping with all of this? Uh, I'm eating food. There we go. There yeah. we go. Sorry, we didn't actually prep that. That was that doctor, was doctor. Doctor. <laughs> Pump up the volume. Um yeah, the but there is a certain comfort in realizing that our we are our own worst enemies because we know ourselves very well or at least We can then, once we admit that, we can attempt to learn about ourselves very well and to then realize how we can combat these things. But we also, uh, we did an episode called Sleeping with the Enemy uh, maybe a year ago, which we, yada yada, at the end of the book, we explain that you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. But we did an episode on COVID loopholes, and we invoke those because of the uncertainty. And it is more important than ever to find structure in our days, in our movement, and in our calories in these times that we can't control. It's like the, you know, that circle of uh, things we can control, things we can't control. That can't control, that's a big old book of things we can't control right now. But we can control our movement, our activity. And what we're consuming, what we're looking at. And uh, we're, we've decided to make this a Sesame Street episode. Because, you know, Sesame Street, I'm sure, did a very special episode on uh, on how to deal with stress by emotionally eating. But I'm sure they must have. <laughs> but, but we've got some archetypes to talk about. And we're going to use the fine characters of Sesame Street, only characters found in the 1970s, I'm not going to talk about Elmo in this episode. All I know is he gets tickled. I'm not a big fan of, of Touch. So. <laughs> that sounds so wrong when you say it that way. No, we're not going to talk about your more recent yeah, characters. I'm so old that Elmo still, still feels like one of the new characters on <laughs> Sesame Street. 
And, I think he's been around like 30 years at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're not talking about the the new characters. We're going back in the old school. We're going back in the way back machine to the 70s and talking about our beloved characters, such as and including Oscar the Grouch. Maybe we should start with him, shouldn't we? Yeah, Oscar the Grouch has the Grouch in his name. <laughs> it's the job. <laughs> and, and so so you think like his his actual thing is to live in a trash can and to be grouchy about everything. But when you really think about it, he's doing it to himself. <laughs> My guy could move out of the trash can if he wanted. There seemed to be lots of people in the neighborhood who were super chill with, with co-living, like yeah. Bert and Ernie. They probably had a couch he could have slept on, but he was like, this is my trash can. I'm going to be in the trash. Yeah, so I think that a lot of us, we put that name upon ourselves. We decide that we are like, that I am Don the Couch Potato, and so I'm going to have to be a couch potato. Couchy the Couch Potato. Couchy the Couch Potato, exactly. Or, you know, once we've decided that we are a type of person, it is very difficult to get out of our own way and realize that we are not that type of person. You know, I used to say to myself all the time, oh, I can't possibly give up this or give up that or I can't possibly fit in any more exercise into my life. And then guess what? I did it. (laughs) Yeah. I was listening to an NPR podcast the other day because... I listen to NPR. Have you heard yeah, of NPR? People who listen to NPR have to drop the fact that they were listening what's, to NPR. What's all the, the time. joke? How do you know someone listens to NPR? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there was an episode on people who suffer from lack of sleep, insomnia, and yeah. people who identify as insomniac. I am an insomniac. I am a binge eater. I am, you know, destined to be overweight forever. If you change the way you talk about your insomnia or your eating disorder, it matters. And studies have actually shown that people who say they are insomniacs tend to sleep uh, more poorly than those who say, I suffer from insomnia. Like, like just imagine if if Oscar had called himself Oscar the pleasantly dispositioned guy. <laughs> like or how... the possible of change guy. Yeah. And in the... Oscar the guy who can really do this. <laughs> who can really up his status in life. I don't know yeah. if he's actually still in a trash can or not. I'm not sure if they've moved him up to some co-housing situation. No, no idea. But... Again, our our knowledge of this is like 40 <laughs> years old. And we were not interested in doing any research. No. No, that's not our jam. But the way we talk about our condition matters. Oh, I am from Polish heritage, and so I am destined to eat pierogies all day. I am Italian, so you know us. We love big meals. Yeah. I am Oscar the Grouch, and I am going to be grouchy. And you know that if you enter a conversation, he's going to have the grouchy side. You know I'm going Eeyore right now, which is A.A. Milne, which has nothing to do with Sesame Street. Whoa, I'm just you're mashing it up. Like, I think Disney has the rights to one of those, and PBS the other one. I think you're getting us in Big but trouble. Eeyore was really depressed. And as someone who suffers from depression, it means a lot to have friends stand by your side and not try to fix you and all that. But understanding that you can change your outlook by changing the way you talk about it. Oscar has some grouchy behaviors, but is also possible it, it is possible for him to see the sunny side of life. And I have been I, I have been around I used to be somebody who would curse a lot, like a lot, a lot. And then I worked. Not like set curses like a warlock, but actually <laughs> swear like a sailor. <laughs> exactly. And then I worked with somebody who cursed a lot. And 
it was so off-putting to me. It was like this person held a mirror right up to my face that I worked really hard to not be that guy. And I think that if you're around somebody who is constantly saying sad things or it's constantly self-deprecating, it can be really um, an eye-opener when you're doing it to yourself. Realizing that you have that inner Eeyore, um, who's not a Sesame Street character, I want to s- stress this again, but that you have an inner Eeyore talking to yourself um, can be really eye-opening and can really help to shine a light on the fact that you need to work on changing that for yourself. Yeah. And there's also, uh, we can't talk about Oscar the Grouch without talking about maybe the most beloved character from Ses- the Sesame wow. Street I- iconography. I- I'm dying to know who you're going to talk about about the cookie monster speaking of being named what you are like like jimmy blacksmith like because his dad was a blacksmith like cookie he's a monster and he's a cookie monster what else is he supposed to do but eat delicious he's definitely top six (laughs) i only have six on my list so (laughs) yeah so you know, there's that whole like chicken in the egg thing, like which came. First? Did he become a Cookie Monster because that was his name, or did they name him Cookie Monster because he ate all the cookies? We don't know. It, we don't know. We're never gonna know. But what we do know is he loves cookies. That's just yeah. his nature. Just imagine though, if his name was the Broccoli Monster and he was still <laughs> eating all those cookies, like you would think it was weird, right? But you can reframe if you you it didn't say test yourself, well the Broccoli Monster. Yeah. You say to yourself, I am a cookie monster. I have to eat all these cookies. You know what? You can reframe that and turn yourself into maybe not the broccoli monster, but maybe not so much of a can, cookie monster. Can I tell you something that sure. I actually did not tell you? So I'm telling you now. Yeah. Okay. So I bought, do. I bought these individual cups of chocolate and vanilla cake cup things. Yeah. 170 calories. You can't afford not to buy a cake for 170 calories. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. No, no, no. It's just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I made one of them the other night. It was delicious. It was moist. It was fantastic. And now you want me to call you the cake cup monster? No. So uh, cup number two, I stirred it up and it looked a lot, an awful lot like easy bake oven batter. Uh-oh. And I looked at it and I thought to myself, when I was a kid, I never actually used my easy bake oven. I just ate the dough. <laughs> The raw dough. And I thought to myself, <laughs> and I took a little taste of it, and I was like, it tastes exactly like easy bake oven dough, and I could just eat this batter right now without cooking it. Oh, boy. And then I remembered, Catherine, if you can't wait 40 seconds to eat this damn cake, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pardon my, my francais, but I cooked it. I wanted to say that I kept it classy, but for a second, I was like, I am a grown-up eating easy bake oven food. I don't like my microwave is my easy bake oven. I'm gonna have I kept to go it... back in and edit the word "darn", darn. over top of your saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that is my digression. But I associated myself with being the person who ate uh, raw batter. In secret, just as I did as a child. And then I said, no, no, I am a grown-up who can wait 40 seconds. I changed the way I talked to myself, and I ate it as an actual cooked uh, piece of cake. I would like an award for that. So So you don't have to name yourself the Cookie Monster. What about Kermit the Frog? Do you think (laughs) it was easy being green? Do you? No! No! Literally, there was a song about it's not easy being green. But you know what my boy Kermit did? What did he do? Rainbow Connection, everybody, what's going to happen? He took the fact that it wasn't easy being green and turned it into a song called It's Not Easy Being Green. 
and he made a billion dollars. <laughs> Being and now, green. the only green in his life is the green of the money. The cheddar. Oh, wait, that, no, the cabbage. He, what do the, they call money? Uh, green stuff. Green stuff. Green spending paper. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're apologizing. We're just going any Muppet, any character. We're, we're just but enjoying my, it right now. my point is you can take your lemons and turn them into lemonade. Like, just as, a, as an example, I am... A, a kind of competitive by nature. And so when somebody invites me to a Fitbit challenge, I want to win that challenge. So I have turned that competitiveness into something that actually motivates me to keep exercising and gamifying things in my life in general, setting a goal for myself and then setting it, realizing what your tendencies, you know, what your monster tendencies are. Your Muppet tendency is. Yeah, your Muppet tendencies. And then turning them around to your advantage is a strategy that has worked really well for me. Would you say that your spirit Muppet is the Count? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) The Count. He's (laughs) an upholder. Who's your spirit Muppet? Take this 20-question quiz. Go to weonlylookthin.com. No, we don't actually have a Muppet quiz But the Count loved counting stuff. Yeah. He... Like, nothing was better than counting. Was he born a counter, or did he learn to love the experience of counting? Because I would say, I think he Did he, he love counting so much that the queen, like, dubbed him Count Von Count, like, Baron of the Von Count land, <laughs> because he loved counting so much? Or... We don't know, but Donald yeah. loves counting. And it is a way to quantify your habits. It is a way to take responsibility, to collect things. So he's collecting steps. He's yeah. collecting calories. He's collecting data to show him his progress. And I don't do very well when things are (laughs) loosey-goosey. And um, I just thought it was funny to say loosey-goosey. But so I have designed my eating plan around times. I eat exactly at two o'clock, exactly at three o'clock, exactly at four. And I pride myself in it. It's like crossing a little mini finish line all the time. You know, also connecting to my competitive nature, even I'm competitive with my own self. And it's sort of like I can do this and cross the finish line at a specific time. And that finish line is a snack. Well, and here's the thing. 20 years ago, Donald would not have dealt with this COVID situation the way he is dealing oh, with no, it Oh, no, I now. just would have crawled into a container of uh, cookies or ice yeah, cream or something. He would have said... Something like, C is for COVID. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I'm going to eat all the cookies because it's COVID time, or, everybody. Or purchased cases of beer and wine and yeah. just like, you know, made it my mission to drink it all. Well, at 9-11, I honestly remember crying in bed and eating. That was what I did. Yeah. And these times are different and they're more ambiguous and we don't know the end. It's not a finite you know, tornado or a hurricane. It's a season that we're in. Yeah. But it's so easy to self-soothe with food and to let go of that structure and turn toward Oscar the Grouch or the Cookie Monster and just say, this is my nature and I can't deal with my health habits right now. Yeah. I just, it's all too much to take. But we have 24 hours in a day. We can carve out five minutes for a bit of yoga. We can count our calories. We can set structures in place like Donald was just saying about his timed eating, closing the kitchen at eight o'clock. I know it's a broken record and we just keep using different parts of our childhood to make analogies about it. (laughs) But like, it is so true that we are our own worst enemies and we can be like 
the Grover who says there's a monster at the end of this book and lives in fear and the sky is falling. Or we can turn it around like Grover did and become Super, super Grover. Grover. Super Grover made himself, he is a self-made superhero. He decided that he wasn't going to be just regular Grover. He, he decided from he was going to become Super Grover. And he just was like, this is me. This is my new identity. And he took the time to just decide. I mean, I don't know how he flies. Physics aren't my game. I was not a physics major. He reframed his life as Super Grover instead of regular Grover. And we're suggesting that you can do the same thing. Take your, for lack of a better term, shortcomings and turn them into positives, you know, which is what I have tried to do all along. And realizing that I'm a lying liar who lies, that I am the monster. There's a liar at the end of this book. Yeah, I kept using everything else in the world as an excuse to not eat well and exercise, and it turned out that almost all of it was me lying to myself, and that I was the real monster in this case, and I have decided that I'm going to try to be more like Super Grover. There we go. And also, I mean, knowing your, you know, your predisposition, which uh, Sesame Street character you are, like Bert and Ernie, they were all about outer accountability. Maybe you need in this time of COVID, maybe you need a buddy to do Skype uh, yoga with. Maybe you need some... uh, Maybe you need your own version of a rubber ducky to sing (laughs) to and tell that you're the one. Maybe you're the actual rubber ducky and you're the one singing to Okay. (laughs) But if you like know your nature, know that your disposition is changeable, understand that some people don't need outer accountability and some people do. Um, There's actually, because I'm going to talk about Big Bird now. I wasn't sure if I could work him into this uh, because. I would just sort of see him as a. Gullible. I was getting ready to work towards Big Bird. So, oh, you were? Yeah, no, oh, you I could mean, go for toward you. Big Bird. But okay, the whole joke was Big Bird would always see Snuff- Mr. Snuffleupagus. Yeah. Nobody else ever saw Mr. Snuffleupagus. When we were kids, like, people didn't believe, like, they thought Mr. Snuffleupagus was his imaginary friend, and only us, only the, the viewing audience, knew that he was real. And But all of the characters on Sesame Street were like, what's up with the Snuffleupagus talk? Like, what do you mean he was just here? Because I didn't see him. Yeah. And a lot of times when we're on this health journey, we have eating disorders that other people don't understand. We have, like someone mentioned the other day that uh, their husband didn't understand why I, me, Catherine Weigel, would use prime numbers as an excuse to eat three Thin Mints, which I definitely invoked that, which is a weird thing, but it is actually part of my eating disorder. And other people might not see it. An upholder, someone who, like, one of my brothers is like, I just have a green smoothie and that's what I do and you don't overeat because that's not what you do. There are always people on the internet in who, you know, when people are confessing that they're struggling with their weight or struggling with eating, I always see these comments about people who are just like, you just need to toughen up. Like, I don't understand the big deal. You just eat less and you exercise more and you're fine. And there's a lot more to it than that. But but some people who have never had to deal with eating disorders, they don't understand where we're coming from. Well, and my brother is very supportive of my journey. And he is, you know, he is the kind of person who sets his mind to something and can just do it. And he has been very supportive of my 
issues. But for those of us out there who aren't getting the support at home, who aren't getting the support from our friends or family, why don't you just eat less? Why don't you just move more? Those blanket statements can make us feel bad and make us feel invalid. Yeah, why can't I just get it together? When you start saying stuff like that to yourself, when you start believing that Mr. Snuffleupagus isn't real and it's all in your head, these eating disorders are real. These you know, bouts of depression that I get are real. Nobody can just say cheer up and we go like, I hadn't thought about that. Like, I'll just cheer up. Yeah, just go outside more. Get some more fresh air. It'll all be better. I need antidepressants as part of my regimen. And all of this is part of the Oscar the Grouch being negative It takes practice to start talking positively to yourself. It takes stepping out of your comfort zone and trying new things, putting habits in place like the count, putting habits in place of getting in your morning fitness, pre-tracking your coffee, tracking your breakfast. All of that is a practice that is built over time. And Donald and I have had the benefit of practicing this for the last four years and, we- and even after four years, it still isn't easy. It is still something that I catch myself lying to myself about all the time. But the good news is that it becomes easier over time to at least recognize that I'm doing it and catch myself and try to reframe and get back on track. Well, and two, like, I know that there have been other shows that have done this, but like when Jan Brady decided that she was the new Jan Brady, she's like, oh, I'm the new Jan Brady. I'm going to like outshine Marsha. People can make fun of you for trying to change. Yeah. Like I went by Kathy when I was growing up. I didn't even know my name was Catherine until like third grade. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, who's Catherine? But when you try to change and be like, I want everyone to call me Catherine now, my family would be like, all right, pass the salt. Catherine, yeah. like, oh, okay, new Jan Brady. If the Oscar the Grouch tried to improve himself, people would be like, oh, look at you, improving yourself like a grown-up person. It can feel really scary to start trying to improve yourself yeah. when other people see you as something else, when they see you as Oscar the Grouch, when they see you as the cookie monster. Oh, this old trick, that's not going to last. Oh, sure, you're on another diet. Oh, yeah, that's not going to last. When they have pigeonholed you as a particular kind of monster, when they see you as the cookie monster or you as Oscar the Grouch or you see yourself in the those ways it is so difficult to break out like it is so easy for people to just think that you that you can't do it and I for many many years thought that I couldn't do it and I had pigeonholed myself I had given up on ever achieving my goal weight I didn't think it was ever going to he happen. really did he actually I think said I, I give did up. I give up I'm not gonna do it anymore and then the monster of diabetes, diabetes. Reared its ugly head, and it turned out I was the monster who gave myself diabetes and I then had to face up to that and and really make fundamental changes to my life. And thank goodness Catherine had already started working on herself and that we went down this road together and have gotten to the place where we are now. It's so much better than being in the place where we were. For sure. And we, you know, as all of this unfolds and every day there is unpredictability Our kids are not in school. You know, the school year is being pushed back. There are layoffs at our jobs. We understand that all of this is real and it is scary. 
there are real things to be concerned about. And so in this time, it is more important than ever to take inventory of your blessings, to take inventory of your resources and the things that you can control. You can control your spending. You can control what you're listening to on the news. You can control who you're connecting to, the podcasts you listen to, the books you read, and the stories that you tell yourself about what you're capable of. This might not be the time to focus on weight loss, but I will get in my steps every day because it makes me physically feel good. Yeah. I will not overeat because it makes me feel logy and tired. I will not drink every night because it's going to make me feel, you know, hungover and foggy and not my best self. And yep. my reaction time when I'm feeling sluggish and down is so much worse than when I'm feeling good in my own body. And that doesn't have to do necessarily with counting a particular calorie, but knowing that I need to stay away from my triggers, knowing that I will get a box of Thin Mints and eat them all. So maybe yep. might need to step back from eating all the Thin Mints. All of our old nature has come with us into this new season. And the more we're able to call ourselves on our negative thoughts, to reframe things as positive, like there have actually been some positives in this. Donald and I are spending a lot more time together. Yeah, yeah. Um, our and, and I'm actually kind of getting more steps than I was before this all happened. We've been doing yoga as a family together. We've taken a look at our bank statements and actually canceled a couple of subscriptions that we weren't using. Yeah. Yeah. And finding money from that, which, you know, being more uh, aware of our spending habits and our nature, being more critical of the way we're spending our time together as a family, yeah. uh, going on walks together. So it's been helpful. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but we have a responsibility to be the best versions of ourselves. We owe it to our future selves and we owe it to our past selves to be the best versions. Think of yourself when you were five years old watching Sesame Street. Like, would you honor the person that you see now? Like, are you Oscar the Grouch or are you someone who's inspiring like Super Grover? Because I, I like Super Grover. I think he's awesome. I do too. And let's all try and be Super Grover, shall we? And it turns out the monster at the end of this podcast was Super Grover. Super Grover. Yay. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. If uh, you have some more info for us about what Sesame Street character you are, or or Sesame Street characters we forgot, or Muppets we forgot. You know, this might be the podcast where people are like, you know... I'm done with them. They obviously, like, what other analogy can they make? I they think it's have... the podcast. They'll decide that they're doubling down <laughs> on We Only Look Thin. Um, but please let us know. Uh, you can email us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters at weonlylookthin. You can also uh, do us a favor and leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Uh, it it really helps us out. It really, uh, for one, boosts our ego. And for two, um, the more important thing is it really helps get the word out. If people are searching for our podcast, the more ratings and reviews we have on Apple Podcasts, uh, the more it helps us. Um, you can also go to weonlylookthin.com. If you're looking for uh, a community of support during this time, uh, you might be able to find it at Walt Place. Uh, and if you'd like some more information on that, go to weonlylookthin.com and click on Join Our Support Group. 
Yep. So if you're still not sure if Mr. Snuffleupagus is real or not, just remember that Donald and I are an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. Asian, Asian, Franklin Roosevelt's the one who actually said that fear is fear itself, quote.